The Lord of the Rings Gollum is one of the weirdest games I've ever reviewed. Like, no joke, this thing is bizarre. Not really because it's like so much better than you expect it to be or because it's so much worse than you expect it to be, but rather because it doesn't make any sense at all how this thing made it to market. It's baffling. While some people certainly could find some enjoyment out of its unique esoteric thrills, I can't imagine they will find those thrills reasonable for any price above, say, five bucks. To put it simply, this feels like a 2007 game, a mediocre 2007 game that's releasing in 2023 that they're charging 60 bucks for on console and 50 on PC. It's frankly outrageous that they think they can get that much for it. And even when it's working properly, it's not particularly fun. It's atrociously ugly. And the concept to begin with doesn't make any sense at all. This is my review of the Lord of the Rings Gollum. At the outset, you may think that the concept behind the Lord of the Rings Gollum isn't that terrible. We get to play as the titular character exploring Middle-earth through stealth mechanics and a third-person perspective. There have certainly been worse ideas for games, but from one of the earliest gameplay reveal overview trailers that they did all the way back in July of 2021, you can see in the comments section some confused People. This is one of my favorites. Imagine going through this game full of beautiful and intricate environments from one of the greatest stories of all time and not being able to be a badass knight or elf, but instead a crackhead. <laughs> or this one. This is like EA releasing a FIFA game where you're an audience member. It's just frankly a weird choice to choose a character like Gollum to be the main star of this story. But you know what? There have been weirder decisions for protagonists in the past with other games, so maybe it'll work out. And frankly, in this original cinematic trailer that we got shown, it looked pretty good. Graphically, it was interesting. And I remember seeing this and being like, okay, weird, but interesting. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to warn you right now, it doesn't look or feel anything like this trailer whatsoever. The game is comprised of a chain of levels arranged in a very linear fashion where you will be going through, performing basic tasks, pulling levers, collecting objects, distracting and sneaking past guards, all in order to move to the next cutscene, which progresses the story along. Almost all of the mechanics the game will have to offer are introduced in the first 20 minutes or so. And while there are systems introduced later in the game, they are very rarely used except for individual set pieces, at which point, they're almost immediately forgotten and tossed to the side. But perhaps most baffling is the game's dedication to extremely outdated quest design. Every aspect of every activity you will be engaging with is eerily reminiscent of classics of the Xbox 360 era, leaving a bad taste in the mouth and an impression of extremely antiquated design throughout. This is not exclusively due to its subpar graphical capabilities, which we'll talk about more in a moment, but it extends to a myriad of bewildering gameplay decisions that fail to align with any current game development paradigms. For example, very early in the game, you will be thrust into a trailing mission reminiscent of Assassin's Creed 3, a quest archetype that has been largely shunned in recent years due to its overuse during the 360 and PS3 generations and because it is now synonymous with uninspired quest design. These are those missions where there's one person talking and you're tasked with staying within a certain range of them for an extended period of time as they move throughout a level. It's frankly not fun, which is why large developers have largely abandoned this type of quest. But the Lord of the Rings Gollum presents it confidently 
many times throughout the game's runtime. Like once is too many, especially early in the game when you're trying to convince the audience that this game is worth playing, but they do it a lot. <laughs> In addition to the questionable gameplay decisions, the game's visual aesthetics are also distressingly outdated. Everywhere you look, you will be cringing because frankly, this game looks worse than many Xbox 360 and PS3 games even did. The character design, art design, sound design, all are extremely lacking by modern standards, especially if you're gonna charge 50 to 60 dollars for this furthermore even small details visually such as the typeface and font that they use is strikingly out of place like seriously look at this screen cap right here what is this this looks like a very early alpha build before they've decided what ui and what fonts to use or it looks like a high school project that's also unfinished it's just bad. And this also brings up a good opportunity to discuss some of the stranger design elements here as well. All throughout the game, you'll be prompted to choose between taking Gollum's side or Smeagol's side in a disagreement. Then there's a mini game that ensues where you have to win an argument over the other personality. And even though these don't lead, as far as I can tell, to any significant difference in the story or how it plays out, it still is an interesting mechanic nonetheless. And I want to be very clear here. I'm not just trying to be mean or beating up on artistic direction or style that I don't happen to like, but this game just simply looks terrible when compared to contemporary releases, especially ones that are priced at the same level as this one. If these guys came out and charged five or 10 bucks for this Gollum game, I would be much more lenient on what I would expect. But for this price tag, you should frankly be getting a lot more as the consumer. This game has some of the worst facial animations, character models, technical performance, and many, many other things of any game that I've seen or played in the last few years. And just in the last couple of months, we've seen some worthy competitors, which should tell you just how terrible this is. And listen, I think this is a little tragic because you can see remnants of real care and passion. There were people working on this game that wanted it to be something really good and put a lot of effort into it, especially with regards to the story, the writing, the homework that they did on the lore and everything else. You can tell some people really cared, but it's not my job to give a game more points because the developers cared. If it didn't work and if the game is bad, it's just bad. I'm sorry that might hurt some people's feelings, but if you're charging 50 or $60 for your game, you should at least bring something to the table that's finished, certainly polished, I would say, and is at the very least on par with modern titles. But I've mentioned a few times technical performance. What exactly is the problem here? Well, the game runs very, very poorly, as you can probably already tell just from the footage you've seen thus far. There are constant frame drops, what seem to be constant shader compilation issues, pop-in, stuttering all over the place, bizarre frame rate timings, and perhaps most distractingly are the drops in frame rate down to the single digits or low teens every time the game transitions to a cutscene from gameplay. And speaking of the cutscenes, they sometimes render at 30 FPS, which causes the game to stutter and drop down into the single digits for frame rate for an extended period of time until it figures itself out and then it goes back up to 30. And then other times they lock at 120 frames a second. And then other times the cutscenes are unlocked completely. I don't know why. I don't know if that's a bug. I don't know if that's a feature that some 
cutscenes are high frame rate cutscenes. I have no idea. It's really weird. Smaller things like the controls are also actively infuriating and distracting. The game will ask you, for example, at multiple times throughout the game to throw rocks to distract enemies or to cause some sort of noise that will divert their attention away. Pretty standard as far as stealth games go. To do this, you have to hold down the left trigger, aim with the right stick, and then launch the rock with your right trigger. Very standard for games that are third person like this. It's nothing spectacular, but it's also not terrible. The problem is that every time you pull the left trigger, you are locked in place and can no longer strafe left or right. It sounds minor, but I can't express just how often I was frustrated that I couldn't make macro adjustments in my placement while trying to aim a rock at a given target, such as hiding behind the corner of a wall, pre-aiming with the left trigger the arc that the rock is going to be thrown at, only to peek out slightly with a side strafe to the right, throw it over, and then duck back behind cover. This simply isn't possible. You have to entirely step out from cover, aim, throw the rock, and then let go of the left trigger and move back into cover. It's small, but it will drive you absolutely crazy because you'll end up getting discovered constantly because this one small detail wasn't considered. The field of view is also very tight on the titular character, often during sections of exploration that would warrant a wider field of view. And at least at the time of recording this review, there is no way to change this setting. It's locked. Sometimes the game changes it to a wider field of view, but other times it tightens it. And there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to this. It just chooses when it wants to do it arbitrarily. This results in often frustrating exploration sequences where the player can't see where they should be going and it makes it a pain to get anywhere. There are also many, many times when you'll see textures and visual effects not working properly, such as this one, where there's a yellow flame burning. Whenever the flame loops and the smoke rises to the top, you can actually see it clipping off as the fire effect reaches the top of the alpha-enabled video file. They did so little double checking on this that they didn't even notice this and repackaged the effect into a transparent video file that didn't crop it off at the top. It's just frankly amazing. And there are so many little things like this where it just feels as though you're looking at a game that was designed by high schoolers or college students as part of a summer project that isn't finished, but where everybody thinks that that's okay because at least they tried their very hardest. It's just unacceptable to charge 60 bucks for something that has so many issues like this, which just scream work in progress, alpha, not ready to be seen in the light of day, which is bizarre because this game was scheduled for a release initially back in 2021. That's right. They've delayed this thing two years from when it was originally scheduled to be launched, and it still runs this terribly. I don't know what sort of development purgatory or hell this thing ended up in, but dear God, they needed to leave it there. There's also this hilarious example of something that just didn't receive any TLC whatsoever, where they use these sprites for far off enemies marching across this bridge, but these sprites glitch in and out constantly, and some of them even spawn off the bridge, so it looks like there's just a bunch of them walking on thin air. The angles at which these sprites are rendered is also incorrect, so it looks like somebody just copy and pasted a bunch of emojis onto a bridge in the distance. It looks horrible. There's also a ton of bugs that range from moderate or funny to just downright severe and possibly game breaking. In fact, there were multiple times while playing this that I thought I was soft locked and where frankly, by some definitions, 
I was, and I had to sit in game for an extended period of time for the game to fix itself. Don't worry, I'm gonna explain what I mean and why that is, but frankly, in my opinion, there is no excuse for there being bugs that require the player to sit for like 10 minutes in game waiting for it to figure itself out. That's insane. And I can't recommend any game whatsoever that has issues like that, whether it's Cyberpunk or a Gollum. I just can't stand it, but let me show you what I mean. An example of a funny and harmless glitch would be this one, where there's a guy just walking inside the floor. He walks for a couple of minutes and then he snaps out of the floor and walks along his merry way. There's this example where Smeagol's hair will be rendered through all particle and smoke effects and even the steel basket in which he's hiding. Again, very small, but it's just a graphical bug that's a bit distracting. Then there's this cutscene where the camera was completely out of focus whenever it was looking at Smeagol or Gollum. It's small, but really takes you out of the cutscene. That is, if the facial animations and terrible graphical quality didn't already do that. Then there was this cutscene where everything was glitching out. None of the cameras were aligned properly. I don't know if there was an anchor point that was thrown off or something, but you end up through the whole cutscene staring at the backs and shoulders of various NPCs that are not supposed to be in the cutscene. It's really weird, really distracting, and just a little stupid. And this one is probably the most egregious one that I can show. There were some glitches and stuff later in the game that also constituted soft locks, but I have a policy that I don't show stuff, certainly not after the first half of the game in a review, just for sake of spoilers in case you want to play it. So I will say there are plenty of bugs later in the game that get pretty nasty and I would consider to be game breaking. Um, maybe they'll fix them, maybe they won't. But this one happened relatively early on, maybe in the first like three, four hours of gameplay. And it's completely unacceptable. There's this spinning wheel that you have to jump onto in order to reach the next platform across from it. However, it isn't anchored correctly, so as the animation plays out, it moves all over the scene, clipping through tons of objects and ending up out of place to the point where you can't reach the ledge you need to get to to progress through the level. And this is a huge problem, and to demonstrate it, let me show like an old school paint application and, and just walk you through it. If this is over here, this little like wheel thing that we have to jump across in order to get to this ledge to climb up through the rest of the level. The player has to go through various steps. Let's say they start over here and they have to run all the way through here, performing these various activities, eventually ending up at this wheel where they need to jump across and then end up on the wall. The problem is that the player loads in right back here. And because the player loads in here, this is when the animation will start getting out of whack, pretty much the moment you enter the space. And it goes and goes and goes as you explore and get over to it and gets itself more and more out of whack as you go. Kind of like if you had two laser pointers. One is angled perfectly at zero degrees and the other is at one degree, just ever so slightly off. If you look at them early on, not very far down the line, it's not going to look that separated. In fact, they might actually be lined up pretty, pretty closely. But the further away you go and the more time and distance you give it to get out of whack, the bigger that distance is going to be. And by the time you get pretty far along the line, they're going to end up pointing in totally different directions. In the same way here, the longer it takes us to get to this wheel over here, the more out of whack it will be by the time we arrive. This is why just loading back into the level doesn't actually fix anything because you load back over here 
and then you have to reach it all the way back run all that way and by the time you reach it it's screwed up again this has to be patched it's not something that can just fix itself with a reload it's frankly game breaking if you have this problem and because i can't talk to other reviewers or people before embargo lifts i don't know if other people encountered this bug but I did, and it almost made me just give up on the game entirely. I had to wait for this wheel to rotate in just such a way where I could jump onto it without sliding off in order to get to the ledge on the other side. Some parts of this wheel don't have collision detection, and other parts have you slide straight off. And again, I find it totally unacceptable that the player has to wait for the game to figure its crap out, and even then, it's not really figuring itself out. It's just breaking in a way where you can hop on and get to the next place. It's not actually fixing itself. This is a serious bug, and I don't know how it made it to launch, but it's unacceptable. And again, there are countless bugs ranging from moderate to severe like this one all throughout the game from early on till very, very late. It's just a poorly optimized, buggy, broken mess that's also ugly. And we're almost done, I promise, but I just want to call out some of the baffling directorial decisions made here. It's seriously like nobody played the game to test it at all. Here, you are tasked with dropping some redstone into explosive barrels in order to blow up this segment of the prison that you're at, and it causes mass destruction, killing tons of orcs, Blah, blah, blah. It's not super important. What is important is you leave the scene of the crime immediately after dropping these red stones into the barrel. At this point, you only have a few seconds to get out of the area before the explosion kills you, introducing a fail state, forcing you to reset. But the problem is that right as you leave this room, there's a button prompt to look at the conveyor belt with the steel baskets in it, which will escort you away from the scene of the explosion, saving your life. And with this button prompt here, most players, including myself, will infer that this will give them some piece of useful information, such as where they should go next or what's about to happen. Perhaps it will even trigger a cutscene, which is how you escape. However, once you press the button, Smeagol will begin talking and he won't even finish his dialogue before the explosion goes off killing him and forcing you back to another checkpoint before you drop the redstone into the barrels. They seriously put in optional dialogue that you cannot engage with. Otherwise, you will die and fail the mission. Like, it's baffling. Seriously, did no one play this and see, hey, that button prompt doesn't make sense. If players hit it, they're going to die and that's going to be lame. Let's cut that. We'll just get rid of the button prompt and cut that line of dialogue. Whatever. It's not even important. Seriously, nobody checked this. And yes, I did go back and I double checked this after reloading. It does just continue happening. If you engage with this button prompt, you will die. And you get to this button prompt after you planted the redstone. Like, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's just stupid <laughs> like it's just oh man i have no words this game has taken my breath away even the most simplistic things such as showcasing their artwork are consistently screwed up take this example that i showed earlier where you're given the option between leaning into one of the two archetypes while playing listening to smeagol or embracing the dark golem side we have freaking mount doom in the distance blowing off causing a ruckus and emanating beautiful explosions of lava but for some reason the level designer decided to put a massive boulder 
in the way so we can't see it. They went to all of the trouble of getting the volcano to look really cool in the distance with all of this beautiful artwork of the mountains surrounding it. And yet they place some massive boulder right in front of the player. Like this is either a conscious decision meant to trigger players subconsciously or it's representative of a severe lack of supervision and direction in my view. Anyone trying to critique this game from a directorial or production standpoint would have pointed out many of the things that I've been discussing early, early on in its development. And the fact that they are still here either suggests that the dev team is incapable of meeting those standards or that they honestly didn't have the direction to address these concerns. Or maybe this is just the best that they can do. But regardless of the answer, it doesn't change the fact that the end product here is nowhere near where it should be in order to command $50 or 60 if you're playing on console. Listen, I don't like being super mean in these videos because there are people that have spent years working on this game that have poured a lot of love and passion into this. Nobody's doubting that. But the product that is here is one of the worst games I've ever played. It's just nonsensical. It's not particularly fun. The platforming is painfully boring. The stealth sections are asinine. The AI is something else. It's just not good. In fact, it's often aggressively bad. It's not even like, eh, this is just so boring or boilerplate or normal and standard. Like, oh, some of the writing's cringy, but the graphics are cool and the combat's cool. Some other games we've talked about recently, like Redfall or Forspoken, they have good elements to them or patches could improve them more. But frankly, the Lord of the Rings Gollum is just a terrible game that never should have been made. And early on, many of these issues should have been seen and they should have stamped this out before it ballooned into this monstrosity that it is now. I am baffled that they have decided to charge money for this thing in the first place. And you know what? One day, if you can get it for five bucks and you want to just play a terrible game and have a weird, goofy time while doing it, you could probably enjoy it. But for 50 to $60, this is painfully terrible and unacceptably broken. Maybe I just got really unlucky and my copy on PC is a broken pile of garbage, but even the footage that I've seen of this game running on console is super, super ugly, and I can't imagine that it's that much more refined and polished on those platforms. All of the footage you saw in this review was running on the 4090 on the super giga mega powerful PC. I gave it every benefit of the doubt and it still struggled this badly. It's just not good stay away. <laughs> if you enjoyed the video, make sure to like and subscribe, ring the bell so you get notified of when new videos go up. Join me over on Luke Stevens Live. Just search in the YouTube search bar, Luke Stevens Live. You can hang out with me while I stream. I'm going to be streaming right around the time when this video goes live, probably. So come by and say hi. I would love to see you. And you know what? If you want to pitch into my mental health fund after subjecting myself to this game for an extended period of time, check out the merch down in the shop carousel underneath this video or in the link in the description box below get yourself a proud skeptic shirt they're super comfy i am not actually making very much money from these i think i make like a buck or two on each one but it's because i wanted to use good fabric and like nice shirts that i'd be comfortable wearing all day every day so we're doing that 
quality, baby. That's what we do. We're not none of this like cheap merch crap. We're getting you a shirt that's going to last. Or if you're not into shirts, you can get a Proud Skeptic mug also. All sorts of good stuff. Go check it out. LukeStevensTV.com if you want to get some. Anyway, my brain is frying. I'm going to go to sleep and play Tears of the Kingdom and uh, veg out while watching South Park at the same time. Much love. Stay safe, everybody. I'll see you in the next one. Hugs and kisses. Bye-bye.